What's the matter with you? There is no tomorrow. It's Christmas, man. Come on now. It ain't snowing, but listen, it's still Christmas. Listen, we just want to let you guys know we're here. We're ready. Kenny, let's go, man. Turn us up, man. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas, y'all. Merry Christmas. Uh, uh, enjoy this time with your family. It's a great time of the year to just feel the love, open them gifts, give, you know, and just enjoy that time with the fam, man. That's definitely special, man. Like, I grew up in a house where, you know, my mom always tried to make sure that, you know, everybody was happy. She would get us like one big gift and she would always, you know, she would try her hardest to, to make sure everybody was happy. And, you know, shout out to her for, for always trying and putting, you know, everything that she could into Christmas. I don't know. Christmas is always special. Yeah, for you know, sure. Like, but, uh, you know, what's, what's, what's going on? What's going on in Kenny's world? How you feeling, man? What's going on? Man, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. Again, it's, it's the holiday spirit. So, uh, you know, this is the time. This past weekend, I was with my fam in Maryland yeah. and had a great time. We celebrated Coco's birthday. And um, shout out to Coco. You know, Caitlin came home, so yeah, yeah, yeah. great time yeah. seeing her. She's in Houston. Shout out to her. Yeah, and it's just a good time for you know T Smith family side of the family and yeah. my side of the family to come together and it's just all love, man. No, all yeah. love, and it's always a good time. Yeah, good vibes, a lot of laughs, a lot of smiles, and we don't again we don't really get that time for everybody to come together a lot of the time. So it's definitely good for us to do that. Um, how about you, She? How, how you feeling, man? How you feeling? Man? man, it was a good weekend. You know, got a chance to really, like, spend some quality time. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you just said, man, it, it's just always good to, you know, like, when you're away for so long, you know, in the business that I'm in, you know, you get a chance to, to be around family, you get a chance to really spend that quality time. I think that that's the realness of it. I think uh, especially when it comes to holidays, you always start to, you know, you always start to reminisce on people that you miss, people yeah. that are not, not around anymore. And um, I don't know, man. Christmas is always special, but it's always like a feeling that, like, man, you, you feel like somebody's missing. Right. And, um, you know, grandmoms and, you know, people who have passed away. We recently had my aunt pass away and stuff like that. And, you know, it's, it's definitely tough on, you know, some of my family, but it was definitely good to be around all the good celebrating. That's good, That's good man. Um, you know, in that first season, first episode last week, we talked about me. Now it's time to bring attention to you, man. <laughs> you know, some people might know you, but yeah, know yeah. you as the football player. But like, who is Rasheed Bailey? Like, tell, yeah. like, tell the folks who Rasheed is. Who, where you from? How you grew up? Who is Rasheed Bailey? Man, I feel like it's a simple story, but complex in a way where I'm very passionate. You know, um, 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 I'm a hundred percent or nothing type of dude. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a not a 50%, I'm not a halfway in, halfway out type dude. Mm -hmm. um, I love hard. Um, I take pride in what I do. Um, I keep a small, small knit circle and, and trying to be successful. And um, I'm a go-getter, I'm a hustler, I'm relentless. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they got an attitude and a drive that, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't really understand at times. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when 
you're in a position to lead and you're in a position to, to you know, to shine a light that, that God has given you, I think that sometimes it could be hard, right. you know, and, and um, when I describe myself, I, I just, you know, I, I don't want to be boisterous of just me, but I want to also, you know, put God into it too, because I'm a, I'm a firm believer in Christ and, you know, and I, I try to walk like that, you know, it's, you know, I'm not perfect, but you know what I'm saying I strive to be, you know, I try to be my best. Right. Um, and I try to, I try to spread that love amongst everybody. I'm the type of dude who likes to like to involve everybody. I'm always trying to, you know, not teach lessons, but I'm always trying to lead in a way where I'm trying to make people better. 100%. I think that is who I am. I think that that's a big part of who I am. Um, I've always been this way since I was a kid. I always felt like I was destined to be something. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I had that. I felt like God had this, this halo over me, you know, protected me right. through everything that I've been through. And, um, I've been through so much in my life that, you know, I don't look at things as problems. I don't think, I don't look at things as issues. I look at them as lessons. Right. And I've learned so many lessons that God has given me a voice to speak out, talk about, bless people in a way where, you know, I just might save somebody's life by the stuff that I'm talking about. 100%. So, yeah, man, that's, that's me. That's you. So let's bring it back to, like, where are you from? Yeah. You so, talked about everything you've been through. Yeah. And how you are yeah. as a person now. Do you think that has to deal with where you are where you're born and where you're from? No, for for sure, man. I grew up in, you know, I grew up in the Abbas projects. I'm saying, you know, my whole family was basically, you know, from there. You know, a lot of my family from North Philly and stuff like that. You know, like it is a big part of who I am. Right. You know, and it's you know, it's something that, you know, I take pride in. I probably don't always talk about, but I always try to shine a light on like where I come from. Mm-hmm. Um and even when I'm in locker rooms, I always try to like, you know, I always try to like, you know, tell people, talk to people like, yo, like where I'm from, it don't look like this, right. you know, and, and, and how I was raised and, and what things look like, you know, even this place and in this building, like, yeah. you know, it don't look like this. Mm-hmm. And we talked about relationships last week and a big part of why we're here is because of the relationships that you build. And, you know what I'm saying? You wouldn't think that this kid from Philly, this kid from the projects can speak the way he can speak has been through some of the things that he's been through and still prevailing and still here and, you know, still persevering through all the stuff that he's been through. And, you know, I grew up in an environment where they were shooting every night. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, certain things where, you know, like I experienced, you know, death and seeing my friends go at a young age, you know, and, and, and those things have impacted my life and, you know, in the, in the most positive way that I try to make it, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, like I try to channel some of that energy and I put it into my craft. I put it into my work. I put it into my drive. And that's how, that's, it, it, it helps shape who I am. Mm-hmm. I lost so many of my friends and, you know, you know I don't really talk about it like that. Right. And, you know, I try to, I try to keep moving. I try to keep going, you sure. know, with them in my heart. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's a big part of who I am. And I never really try to, talk about it too much, but I'm glad I am talking about it. So I, I'm glad that you asked me that question because I think that people do need to know that, like, you know, I'm thinking about them right. or, 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 or I love them or, you know what I'm saying, or that made me who I am so people don't forget that, like, I didn't forget. Right. Saying I'm not that type of dude, you know. It's in me. It's in my blood. It's in, it's in my DNA to, you know, to, to always know where I came from. Right. And you hear a lot of uh... – violence and stuff going on in the city right now yeah. and you know again you was once them yeah. kids so yeah can you just give like a little message to that kid where 
you know, who's going through that tough time and, you, you know, he, he got them friends who's on the wrong path and, yeah. you know, because you had them friends too. Yeah. So yeah. how did you, how were you able to change your life or make the right decisions to go the opposite way of your friends to get to where you are now? I had to, I had to really start to accept who I was. Right. You know, like, when you're in a position, like you, like even when you're young, you know, you know right from wrong. Right. Like you, you like you, you, you kind of get a sense of it, but you get caught up in a in a space where you want to do what everybody else is doing. You want to you want to follow the crowd, and you want to you want to fit in. Right. See me like I was able to play a lot of different sides, and I was very ambidextrous with you know who I spoke to, mm-hmm. how I spoke to them. Right. You know what I'm saying, and 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 also. <laughs> establishing what I actually did. Right. You know, football was my, you know, that was my way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I, I had honors classes. I was going to school. I was, I was, I was really like, I was a 3.0 student. Like I was getting it done. Like yeah. I was, I was destined to be in this position before I even was in this position. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I've heard a lot of successful people say that to me. And I asked them just like you asking me, like, yo, like, you know, what would I say? And it's just like, for real, for real, you're already in that position if you put yourself in that position mentally. Right. And for me, like, I, I, I started to see certain things in myself that, like, if I just stayed on a good path, I might just be something. Right. I remember I used to sit on a step, and my mom wouldn't really let me come outside. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the only time I really came outside is to play football, in the, you know what I'm saying, in the, in the little yard or whatever like that. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, but when I used to come out and I used to sit on that step, skyline of Philly was right there. It was literally like where I grew up, skyline of Philly was right there. Now, like that was my hopes and dreams, man. Like it was like one day, these tears gonna stop falling, and, and that and that 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 anger and that and that frustration I had from wanting to be more and have more than what we had. Mm-hmm. That's what drove me, man. I let that passion and that energy drive me, and I put some of that negative energy and I put it into something, right. and. That's why I'm still here, man. Like people, you know, like they, you look at a lot of people's story and they ask like, yo, how did you get here? Well, to be honest, bro, like I fought to get here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, like, like a lot of my friends, they gone, they did. You know what I'm saying? Like, and for me, it's just like, I hold that energy. You feel me? And I, I got to take it. I got to put it somewhere and I got to, and I got to impact the world and I got to change. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to help implement something. So for me, you know, like that's what I would tell the kids, man. You know, don't be afraid to be who you are. Yeah. I think it's important that these kids understand you are enough. Right. Like, understand that, like, you have what it takes. Like, at that young age, I knew I had what it takes. I just had to figure it out. And you need people around you to help unlock that. Right, 100%. So let's bring it to football, man. I know you said football was your way out. And yeah. it, uh, it helped you get to where you were. So you went to Roxborough High School. You started at Roxbury High School, correct? Yeah, I did. And talk about like how'd you got get how'd you get into it? Like, was that your first year of playing? Did you play when you were younger? Yeah. So I played little league my whole life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I played for, you know, Ione Eagles. I played for Cecil B. Moore Chiefs. You know what I'm saying? I was always one of the top hitters on the team. You feel right. me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was a defensive player. Like people okay. really don't know. Like I started my journey on defense. Okay. That's really where I I I put a lot of the work in, yeah. and I transitioned to being an offensive player. I played running back a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I caught the ball a little bit. Well, I did everything. Um, and the only year I didn't play football 
is my ninth grade year high school. And people don't know I didn't play in my ninth grade year because I thought I was too small. Wow. And um, I thought I was too small, and I didn't really have the guidance in the, at that time that I needed to, to make me feel confident. And I didn't have the people around me to, to – I was, I was scared. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not afraid to say that during that time I needed somebody in my corner to give me the confidence that I needed. Mm. And I didn't have it. And um, my mom tried her best, you know what I'm saying? Like, my dad was kind of, like, in and out a little bit, you know, with – you know, he had a lot of stuff going on, but that's another topic for another day. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, you know, like, it's crazy. Like, like my junior year – like, I, well, I started on defense – um, I finally started on defense my junior year. Right. So I was on, I think when I was a sophomore, I finally started playing. Mm-hmm. I finally was like, all right, I'm good. I came out the next year. You know, saying to play football. I think I was on JV. And not to cut you off, what, like, how'd you get over that fear of knowing that you was? Well, for one, you know, I've always had the opportunity to, um, my mom worked in the gym. Okay. She was always, you know, the head of, the gym, and she was always she she was always a manager, a GM, or something like that. She used to work at the YMCA. She worked at Bali's. Worked at you know what I'm saying. So like, I had an opportunity to like you know go and sit at my mom's job, and then I would just I would just go start lifting. Right. I would lift with like some of the OGs that I met during the time in the gym or whatever like that, doing burnouts yeah, and yeah, doing yeah. all type of you know workouts and stuff. And that's where I realized I start seeing my body change. I start seeing my body develop a little bit more. Um, and that's kind of what gave me my confidence. I was just hanging at my mom's job, and I just start picking weights up. Yeah. And, and you know I'm saying now I'm sitting over here, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yoked yeah. up. So, like, right. it. I always tell people, especially when they got young kids, I think you should start your kids younger mm-hmm. because the, the, the body is still developing. 100%. And once you still start, if you start the body young, by the time it gets to when it's, when it's fully mature, oh, my goodness, you done created a monster. You know that's what I'm doing right now. Exactly. Right. Exactly. I love seeing you do stuff with the kids because simple fact that like it starts when you were young. Yeah. And and that's why a lot of these kids are so good now is because a lot of these adults and a lot of these parents have gotten their kids into the stuff so early and it has benefited them so much. Yep. Um. So like, um, I got over that by just gaining some more confidence and and finding it on my own for real, for real. Right. And uh, you know, so you know, it's crazy because I only had one catch my junior year in high school. One catch. Only had one. And my boy, my boy, my boy, Nar can definitely attest to all this, man, because, man, I used to be hot. Yeah. I'm, and, and I played tight end. Yeah, yeah. See, people don't know we ran a wing T offense at Roxborough. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Episode, so, yeah. like, I was playing tight end and D end. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's crazy because, like, I'm running corner routes from the line. Right. Like, I'm, like I'm literally running corner routes. They would set me out wide a little bit. They would bring me back in. Yeah. No, it'd be crazy, man. It was you know, but I didn't start my junior year. Wow. I didn't start. I had somebody else that was in front of me, and I used to, man, I used to be so hot, man. When we get Nard on here, I mean, we're going to tell the full story about how I used to be back in high school. It's crazy, yo, but um, it's the story of how it all came about uh-huh. is what makes the story special. And, you know, by the time I got to my senior year, things started to, like, boost up a little. Yeah. I got a lot more confidence. Yep. Bro, like, I went out. I got my own cones. I got my own ladder. I would show up to Germantown High School football field. I used to be in there working out. I used to I used to basically run the workouts, basically. Mm-hmm. I used to be doing my own thing while everybody had trainers and everybody was working out with such and such and doing all this. I ain't had no connects to none of that. Wow. None of it. It was just straight up, I'm getting it out the muscle. I'm getting it out of the okay. grind on my own. 
And I think that's what made me fall in love with the game more. And because I found that niche and I found that passion, and I knew, bro, like, I always tell people to this day, you know, football saved my life. You know what I'm saying? I don't play the game just to play the game. I play the game because that's where I, that, like, football was the place where I took all my anger out. You know what I'm saying? Like, when I wanted to get into a fight in school or if they was fighting and I had to go the other way, it was, all right, I can't do it, but, like, I'm going to go take this shit out on the field. And I did. Every single time I stepped on that football field, I always trying to bang somebody, hit somebody, and do what I need to do to, you know, to, to make a play. Right. And, um, you know, senior year came, and I kind of I did some great things, man. Yeah. Like, the Division three schools start coming in. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had one D2 school who came in, and that was – that was Millersville. Millersville came. Um, they didn't come in. They we we went on a visit. Yeah, it's a crazy story about that. And I know we're gonna hop into that yeah, next. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You go, um, yeah, go right into it. I went. So we went on. A, like I remember, like we went on a little visit. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to the school. We saw the school, whatever, like that. We 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 toured the whole thing. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. After that, I never got a call. Wow. Never got a call after that. So I had that was my only Division two school that I ever had that even came for me. Right. And then I had a lot of you know a lot of Division three schools who kind of came, and you know I kind of had a couple conversations, and you know um, it was this one guy who came. Right. And I always joke around and I tell him he wasn't coming for me; he was coming for somebody else. <laughs> right. I just so happened to get thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always joke around. He said, "No, I did come for you." Right, right. And well, we'll talk about that. Listen, Duke. Look at me when I, we going to have you on the show yeah. and we're going to talk about this and we're going to get to the bottom of this. All right. But true story. Like, I really feel like you didn't come for me, but it's cool. I still love you and you're the reason why I'm still here. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, you know, Duke Greco at Delval, you know what I'm saying? He, you know, he was somebody who was, who, who came into my life and, and made me a better man and made me a better player. Right. And I never had a man like coming, especially a white man. Right. Coming to my life during that time, I'm a project kid. I'm yeah. born and raised in Philly. I don't know nothing but my teachers being white. Right. And he came in and he was so persistent. He's texting me, mm-hmm. checking up on me, just making me feel like I was important. Yeah. And I knew once he came, we had we had like a I don't know, we had like this little game that we had, like it was like a little all star type game or something like that, or a league that we was doing during that time. I can't remember. Yeah. And he came to support. And when he came and I saw his face and he shook my hand, I knew that was the dude I was going to play football for. That's love. Um, and just to piggyback, bro, because you know you got a lot of young athletes right now is yeah. in a situation right now where it's like, dang, like I'm doing everything I need to do. I'm putting a tape out there. Yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm good enough. What would you tell them right now if, if them calls aren't coming? Like, I didn't know where I was going to go. Right. But my faith was strong. You know what I'm saying a lot of who I am and, and what I'm built on is my faith. Right. Um, you know, she used to take us to church all the time and you know what I'm saying? I, and I and I kinda grew up in that way where I, I knew the word mm-hmm. in a way, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what kind of kept me clear headed and level headed a little bit, even when I even when I felt disaster. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We had that we had that we had that spirit moving through us. And I think that's what led me to be where I am today. Um I think that when you you become so impatient and you don't know what the journey is, but that's why you got to pray about it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and for me, you know, like, like I said, I didn't know where I was going. Mm-hmm. I, I went to a Division three school, and I tell people right now, don't be afraid of Division three. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of Division. Don't be afraid if you don't get that D1 offer. Right. 
Don't be afraid to, 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 to branch out and go do something different. During the time where I went to college and during the time where it was time for me to make decisions, you don't think that I was feeling some kind of way because I saw all these dudes getting offers and going Division One. You had Will Parks, Jalen Strong, all these dudes, Will Fuller, all these dudes going D1, and I'm looking like, man, I want to go too. Right. And the crazy part is when I chose and I, and I was like, I'm going to Del Valle, I literally said, I'm going to go there for two years and I'm leaving. Mm -hmm. I had this plan in my head that I thought I knew what was best for me. Right. But I think over time, you will see what's best for you and God will show you and he will reveal to you what's for you. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I think that, you know, over time, like as I was at Del Valle, yeah. fell in love with the place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know, I didn't know what it was like to be away from home. When I got to Del Valle, it was just like, this college? Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm away from mom, dukes, and family, and, and all of this, and I'm about to change my life. Right. But I still had that Philly mentality, though. I still had that, you know what I'm saying, where I had to, like, I had to channel that energy, though. Right. See, a lot of kids need to understand when you make a decision to go to a school, it's okay to have your at-home mentality. It's okay to have the pain that you bring. It's okay to be upset about you didn't get to the school that you wanted to go to, but you need to channel that energy. You need to put it into something positive. And if you decide, and if, and if, and if it's for you to go to a Division three school, a Division two school, and even if it's a Division one school, whether it's the D1 AA or whatever, you make the most of it. I'm saying don't find you a home where you're going to stay for about four years, three years, whatever you need to do, because... It's nothing like having a kid who stays at a school for three to four years, develop, because that's what you need to do. Because yep. if you're not getting those looks that you want, you have to develop more of your skills. And for me, I was one of those late bloomers, and I needed to still develop my skills. Right. I wasn't put out there. I didn't go to camps. I didn't get invited to Nike camps and temple camps, and I knew nothing about them. Right. I didn't do any of those things to get to where I am. Right. I got it all from the muscle, and I got it all from just having faith. And, and that's why, you know what I'm saying, like when people say, oh, it can't be done or, well, this is the story. The story is I didn't have much. Right. And to be honest, I made something out of nothing. That's love, bro. That's love. And they need to hear that because, again, it doesn't matter where you are, right? I went to a piece at school. I played with multiple guys in Division two who got the opportunity yeah. to make it to the next level. So that's love. So I just want to piggyback on Del Val because yeah. – I think people think also that, you know, once you got in there, yeah. everything was just like curtains. Like, you yeah. went in there and dominated. Yeah. And a lot, I think a lot of kids right now think they're going to go right into college and play right away. But like you said, you had to yeah. still develop. Yeah. So can you just talk about how you went in and your mindset going in and then how that changed as you got in there? Yeah, yo, like I said, when I went in there, I was standing on all business. It was like, I'm going to a Division three school. Right. This ain't no D1. I'm, going, I'm about to go in here and I'm about to go be the, I'm about to go be the best. Right. Oh, I was humbled real quick. Yeah. I was humbled real quick and I had a teacher in, Gre in like Coach Greco. Yeah. He, like they knew I had talent. Right. You can have all the talent in the world. Yeah. But if you're, if your if your if your energy and your work ethic and certain things don't kind of match up with how they envision it, right, or how we can kind of do this thing together, mm -hmm. it'll never work. Right, you gotta drop the pride, you gotta drop the ego, you gotta drop everything. Yep. Like and and for me, you know, like I thought I was I thought I was good. I was good. I was pretty good during that time. Yeah. I wasn't good enough. Right. 
I remember where, you know, in, in Division Three they got a JV and they got a varsity. Yeah, I didn't know that until you told me that. You, know, you get what I'm saying? Like, people don't really understand, like know that. And it's like you go on scout team or whatever the case right. may be. I remember I made one play in practice when I'm, I was a freshman. Right, I made this play or whatever like that, and it was a nice play. I don't remember what it was, but I remember Coach Clem was like, "Yeah, you're gonna go right up there. Yeah, you're gonna go right up there with the varsity. You're gonna go right up there and go be with them." Yeah. And I was just like, "Bad." And from there, I just kind of just kept getting better. Right. And also, I had people around me that made me better. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you know, shout out to my boy Nari. I know he's here. He in the background, but um, you know, I had uh, I had people in my corner that made me better. You know what I'm saying? And and that challenged me. That took me to another level. And that's a big thing. And that was a huge thing for me. I, I would not be here if it wasn't for him. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I want to give him his flowers, too, because, you know, like when it comes to, you know, who Rasheed Bailey is and how I'll become, he's a big part of that, man. We would get into all these arguments. I'm talking about I would talk the most shit. Yeah. I'm talking about so crazy. Me and him used to be like, cause we dormed in the same room. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we stayed in a quad. Right. So we used to get into it. We playing two K. We we yeah, like we yeah. going at it. Yeah. But it was this one thing that he said to me that really changed my life, bro. And I still I will never forget, and I always tell this story. He said to me, "When your mouth matches your play, that's when you're gonna be good." Mm. And when he said that, it was just like. First of all, I wanted to fight him after I said that. 100%. You know what I'm saying? I was, I was hot. Yeah. We going back and forth. But, you know, looking back, you know, that was the pivotal moment in my life where things started to change. Right. And, you know, from my freshman year, you know, like, I wasn't playing. I maybe had, like, five catches. Yeah. And, you know what I'm saying? I was the biggest cheerleader on the team, though. Yeah. I was out, bro. I'm a good, I'm a, I'm a team player. And that's what I do. Like, I be, I was a cheerleader. I was everything that I needed to be for my team. I wasn't playing, but I was there. Right. You know, I supported. And, you know, I used to go crazy in practice. I used to do my thing. But I had I was developing. Right. And Coach Greco, you know, he, he, he kept me in line. Mm -hmm. And he always did things to make me better. Right. So, you know, sophomore year came. You know, things started to change. Things started to get better. I got one step better. And you started to like, okay. Yeah. All right, this kid is starting to do something. Like, we... Bro, I used to, this is like one of the untold stories. I used to go to parties, right, at Del yeah. Mind you, this is a farm school, agricultural. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never been around nothing like this before. I'm, <laughs> that that was crazy in itself. So right. I would go to like, they used to have like the field hockey house yeah, and yeah, yeah, the yeah, football yeah. house. And uh -huh. I don't know what this is, but I'm showing up to these places and I would go, right? And I would be in these parties and I knew. You know, deep down inside that I was going to be something or, and I was going to go somewhere and I would always protect myself. Right. So I would go to parties and I wouldn't drink. I would just be in there. And like some of the OGs to come up to me, like I'm talking about like seniors. I got a niche for like, like really like, like attracting to older players, right. veteran players and, and people like that. And like, they would come up to me and be like, yo, yo, I see something in you you got it, yo. You got something. I and I and I I just want you to just get it all together. Right. But you got what it takes. And everybody will always speak about this NFL talk or yeah. you know, like stuff that I never really talked about. Mm -hmm. And I and I and my advice to kids is get you one person. My person was Nard. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? My person was him. And I only told stuff that I really truly wanted. And where I was trying to go, to that one person. Right. 
I didn't spread it all over the place. I didn't have this opinion or that opinion or can't. whatever. You can't do that yeah, yeah. because you get too you get too many people involved. Yep. So for me, what I did was I, I just had him, and we would get into all our little scuffles and our little our little arguments or whatever. And he the only person that knew what I really was trying to do. Right. So he would hold me accountable, and yo, it just started to click. Yeah. By the time junior year came, I almost hit a thousand. Yeah. But senior year came, he took over. Senior year came and it was like a whole nother animal, man. I ain't gonna lie, like that year, like and I told you, like I went out and got my own cones and all yeah. that stuff like that. Bro, I did that throughout my entire college career. Right. I didn't have no trainer. So not to cut you off, did you know by your senior year, like, all right, I got a shot, or you always was thinking in the back of your mind, like so I got a shot, so I gotta go hard. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah, I always felt like I, I always felt like I had skill. I always felt like I was that. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. bulls, thought they, we not going, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I ain't trying to talk cocky and no, crazy, no, but like, confident. you know what I'm saying? I'm very confident yeah. what I can do. And right. you know what I'm saying? I'm going to go up top and get that rock. Like, yeah. that's what I do. Like, right. I'm going to make the hard catches. Yeah. I'm going to be in them trenches blocking. Like, I'm going to really, like, I'm really, like, I've been doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Like, I didn't, it's it's so crazy how everything kind of developed into what it is and, and my attitude and, and so many of those lessons throughout the way that taught me to be who I am. Right. And like I said, man, by the time senior year came, man, bro, during that summer, they was turning off the lights at Germantown High School football field. Mm. It used to be me, Hodge, uh-huh. Nashi, uh-huh. Dice, yeah. Justin Harris. I'm talking about we used to be Doing one on though, me and Hodge used to shut the workouts down, bro. We used to just do one on ones, just me and him, bro. He get two, I get two. He get one, I get one. I like we that. in there hey. screaming and hollering. Yeah, yeah, Yo, yeah. the energy used to be crazy, bro. You can ask anybody how that energy was yeah. during those times, man. And I remember, man, it was dudes that was in, it was D one and all that stuff during that yeah. time. They used to be on the opposite side of the field working out, looking at us like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. They trying to figure out what we doing, but they. Like I know, yeah, like yeah, and yeah. that stuff motivated me, man. Like I said, man, all them dudes who went D one and all them yeah. dudes who paved the way and gave me, bro, shout out to them, bro. Yeah. I don't never like discredit nobody or be jealous of nobody, but like, bro, y'all motivated me. Mm-hmm. Y'all help shape and mold this animal mm-hmm. that you know what I'm saying. I wanted to be the best, and I didn't care that I was playing Division three. Like I said, I was going there, and I said I'm going to be here for two years, and I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. I'm going D. I want to go D one. I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Because what happened was I wanted to fall in love with that school. Yeah. I fell in love with the process. I fell in love with the coaching staff. I fell in love with the whole process of it, and I stayed all four years. That's and love, like I said, senior year came, and I went bananas. Right. And then ultimately, you got a shot to, you know, live your dream. I did. Right? And we can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Where, you know, you had that crazy senior year, and I talked about this in a – Last episode where my mom was yeah. actually telling me, like, because <laughs> yeah. she a big football yeah. fan. I was trying to yeah. make it to the next level, but I was Division two, And I'm like, dang, can I really do it? He's like, did you see that dude from Division three getting all them looks? Yeah. So uh, talk about that feeling when you got that call from the Eagles, man. I mean, words can't really explain what that felt like you know during that time like I said you know, I, I always knew that you know I would you know go and be and do something special but 
my hometown team. Yeah. Them Philadelphia Eagles. Fly Eagles. Fly. I can hear yeah. all the noise, all the energy. And it took so much to get there, bro. Like, like I said, the senior year in college was the craziest thing ever, bro. I was the top division three receiver during that time. Like I won so many awards during that time. Right. The Maxwell Award, like, was the biggest. And I was able to give a speech during that time when I won that award. And, you know, like, some people were in the building that, like, you know, that were very important people. And Pat Shermer was one of those people that was in the building um, when I gave that, when I gave that speech when I was in there. And I was in there talking, and Jody Camero gave me the floor. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he. They gave me the award. They gave me Tri-State Player of the Year. It was the Brian Westbrook Tri-State Player of the Year award. And I think it was Bruce Arians and I think Pat Sherman was there and, and some other people were there too. And I was able to get up there and I my acceptance speech was dedicated to my mom. That's love. Shout out to Mom Dukes. And I remember that day like it was yesterday and I remember the crowd, right? I'm up there on the dais and I'm talking and... You can hear all the crowd talking, and they don't know who up there, you yeah, know what I'm saying, yeah, getting right. no award. Yeah. So all of a sudden, I'm up there, and I'm. this is where Showtime Speaks kind of like really like was presented to the world. Yeah. And I'm up there, and I'm, 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 I'm letting it all out. Yeah. I'm talking about my mom. I'm talking about how much you know, I love her and, and how much she's played a big part in my life and how I got to where I am. And, bro, it was so, it was, bro, it was probably one of the best speeches I've ever given. And when I tell you, at first, when you can hear everybody talking, yeah. by the time I got done, it was pitch silence. Wow. And everybody clapped. And you can just hear the clap go. <sighs> so the reason why I'm telling you that story is because when I was going through the whole draft process and I got to, um, when I got to the whole situation where round one went by. Yeah. Round two went by, round three, round four, round five. Now, the agent that I signed with, you know, I wound up, he was telling me maybe I might go in a late round or something like that, maybe six or seven. And I'm like, all right, I got hope. Like, all right, cool. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm thinking, like, maybe I might get drafted. So what the process is, when you're going through that whole process, your phone will ring after the draft. Right. And you'll get multiple calls. Mm-hmm. So I had multiple calls after the draft. Yeah. Right? And one of the teams was Philly. I remember, you know, everybody's in the everybody's in the like in the living room, and we all like I got everybody there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I got to make a decision. I'm sitting on the steps, and it's out of like a couple of teams. Yeah. And Philly's not art like, and what they do is they give you like a signing bonus or something like that right, that they right. give you to kind of like get you to come there. Yeah. So maybe like one or two other teams was offering money. Yeah. Philly wasn't. Right, it was no, it was no money, nothing like that involved. So I was just like, you know what? Come on, man! I waited my whole life to be right. to put that green on, man. I used to be a kid. I ain't want to go to church because I wanted to play for, because I wanted to watch them Eagles, yeah. you know. And you know what I said? I just said, you know what? I'm about to be a bird. That's love. You feel me? And 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 the 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 backstory to that, the person who called me on the phone yeah. was Pat Shermer. Wow, the dude that was at the, the dude wow. that was at the Maxwell. Award. That's crazy. And he's on the phone. And he's like, "What's up, Rashid? Oh, blah, blah, blah. how would you like to be a Philadelphia Eagle?" 
And the whole house. I got the chills right now. The whole house went crazy. And yeah. I'm like, let's go. I'm hugging everybody. Yeah. Everybody's emotional. It, I mean, it was. Yeah, I got the chills right now. To be honest, man, when you talk about all the people, mm-hmm. all the pain, all the stuff that I've been through in my life, it was like that moment was worth everything to me, bro. Right. And when I put that jersey on, I felt like that kid that was screaming, you know, when I was six years old, trying to wear that jersey. And, 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 and to get a chance to wear that jersey in front of a crowd. Yeah. Where it said Bailey on the last, like on the back of my, on a jersey that I'm holding my family name on there. Yeah. That's forever. No matter if I made that team or I didn't. Right. I was a part of something that, that was special. People still know that to this day. Nah, they yeah, still don't, bring that up. Don't, don't, and let's not even get into the logistics of what I did when I was there. Because yeah. I ain't going to lie. When I got talk, there. Talk your talk. When I got there, yeah. I was acting goofy. Right. No, like seriously, like when I got there, the energy was like I was. I remember. I was I was balling. Yeah. I was doing my thing and still trying to figure out. Like mm-hmm. Tim Tebow was my quarterback. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like. Mark Sanchez was there, mm-hmm. bro. I ain't. I never got on a plane a day in my life. Right. Like I never got on a plane until I got to the NFL. Yeah. So I get to the NFL. I go through like OTAs, training yeah. camp. I mean, not training camp. I went through OTAs because you once you sign, you go through OTAs and stuff like that. Rookie mini camp, yeah. all that. Me, Aguilar, all these dudes. We all a part of the same yeah, rookie yeah, class. Right. So we get to we get to like the off season. We get to not the off season. We get to uh, the summer period yep. and. Um, you know where they have like they have like where they do a receiver workout. Yep. You know what I'm saying. I'm talking about. And Mark Sanchez was like, "Yo, shit, I want you to come. Yeah. I want you to come to you know uh, wherever y'all went. To. You know, we went to California, okay. San Diego. Yeah, first time on the plane. Mm. First time, yeah. five hours. Yeah. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. crazy. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. a kid from you know what I'm saying, and was, I yeah. just was just I was just so happy just to get on the plane yeah. to go somewhere and, and and go explore. I thought. Philly was the only thing I knew. And once I got out of those four walls, man, I realized how much world was out there. I realized how much, how much life was out there. And, you know, like to, to, to fat, to, to go backwards, you know, Jordan Matthews was a, was a, was a key role in all this too. You call him J-Mac. I call him J-Mac three time, Mr. Three time himself. You know what I'm saying? This dude is, he, he went to Vanderbilt. Like he was, he was a, he was a top pick for the Eagles and he was like my mentor. He was like my big bro. He was the one who, who, who really, you know, welcomed me to the Eagles. You can go back and and backtrack. When I signed, when I signed to Philly, he was the first person to greet me. He was the first person to tweet me and said, you a dog. That's love. Welcome to the, hey bro. When I seen that on yeah, Twitter, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in the lab. I'm yeah, working. Yeah, Let's working. go. Yeah, Turn yeah. me up. Right. Like this Philly. Right. Like Broad Street. Like yeah. I grew up dreaming about this moment, and I was able to live it, bro. And right. I, not only did I live it once, but I lived it twice. Twice, right, multiple times. And not to you know, there was a lot of highs. Yeah. And of course, there was a low. Where you yeah. know you balling, yeah, you know Philly, you in Philly, everybody you scoring know, touchdowns, scoring touchdowns, and yeah. then you know you you faced a little adversity when I did, you know, did it, and you know you got cut. Yeah, what was your feeling like that? And can you just talk about that side of it? Yeah, with all the athletes that's going through that right now. 
the first time when you get cut, it's hard. Right. Like I, I spend so much time trying to understand it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I, I when you got a fan base like Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and when I got released and my name didn't come up on that list, I was hurt. Right. Like I was angry too. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know what else I needed to do mm-hmm. to 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 be a part of that Philadelphia Eagles team, and you know it was t- it was a tough time for me, man. Because 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 I was home, yeah, right. Because I had the support from everybody, yep. and it made it it made it better that I did have that support, and it made it better that I that I, I left a great taste in a lot of people's, you know, like I left a great taste in people's mouths, like because like what I did, right, and um. The people were amazing, bro. I think that's what helped me get through it yeah. is because I did so many things that people were messaging. It was all over the radio. Yeah, I remember. Yo, it was everywhere. I couldn't escape it, bro. Like, I was like, I was the kid who, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't make it, but but they wanted me. Right. They wanted me, and, and they made it evident. They was calling into the radio show. They was on Twitter. Yo, it got to a point where I would type my name in on Twitter, and I would be trending like yeah. – it was wild. It was a wild time. It was, it was, I never been in that type of light. I never been in that type of, I never got that type of love like that, like publicly. Right. And it felt, it was hard though, man. I, when I had my first workout, when I went to Jacksonville, I had my first workout. That was my first workout afterwards. Yeah. I was angry. Mm-hmm. I went to the workout angry. Right. And I went there with a mindset that I thought I knew what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I thought I knew better. I thought, I thought I, I thought I deserved to be on that team. Mm-hmm. But come to realize God was sending me on a journey right. that I needed to go on 100%. to become the man that I am today. Mm-hmm. And you know, I look back and, you know, do I look back and think that I wish I could change things? Maybe, yes. But I am who I am because that's what it was supposed to be. Right. And I've learned so many lessons. Like that lesson when I was so angry, it flipped all the way around, and maybe like a year, maybe a year, maybe a couple of months after that, I was coming back to that same place. Yeah. And my energy was different. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, when I went to Jacksonville angry, right? I went to the workout. It was hot down there. We did the workout, running a couple routes. I was, I, I did good. I was yeah. killing it. I was good. But when they didn't sign me, I got on the plane and was like, I'm glad they ain't signed me. Mm. They lose anyway. Mm. That you know what I'm saying, like. We're talking about an NFL team. Yeah. Like, we're talking about an opportunity. We're talking about, I'm on the phone telling them, like, yeah, I'm glad. I'm, blah, blah, blah. I'm going, you know, like, because I still got hope that I might get picked up by the Eagles. Right. So, like, if I sign somewhere else, I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to come back. Because yeah. my overall goal was, like I said, I never left home. Right, right. So, like, coming, I always had the idea that they was going to sign me at some point. And I and, it, and I and I and I and I kept holding on to it. And I kept holding on to that feeling that like I'm going back, I'm going back, and it didn't happen. Right. It didn't happen that year. And what happened was I went on this journey where it was a couple of weeks where nothing was happening. I remember the phone wasn't ringing, mm-hmm. and I had a couple of workouts. I had a workout with Kansas City and a workout with uh, the Browns, mm-hmm. and I had to pick myself back up. You know, I think that when you're in those down times where you're trying to figure it out, I think you need to look in the mirror. Mm. And, you know, during those times, I was going through a lot. And I needed to look myself in the mirror, and I needed to hold myself accountable. I think when we're going through things in our life, 
we tend to blame the situation or we blame the other person or blame something else for the lack of your success. Right. And I think what has made me successful and has made me the person I am is that I try to take the positive out of everything. Right. And instead of looking at things like, why is this happening to me? What I did was I just like, you know, how can I, how can I take what's happening and turn it into, into my motivation? Yeah. And that's what I did. And, you know, every time that I would go through things and I would experience things, I would literally turn it into motivation. I would turn it into something positive. Right. That's love, bro. That's love. And, um, again, of course, we talked on the last episode about yeah. the things I went to, too. And I think every situation you're in is not a loss. It's always a lesson learned. So uh, keep going. Never stop. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're going to get some type of lesson out of it. No, yeah. So this brings it to this, bro. To now, man, again, you said you haven't, in Philly, growing up in Philly, you haven't been away from Philly. Yeah. And now you're in a whole different country now, right? Whole different country. Let's talk about how you got to the CFL, bro. I know, yeah. you know, you went through your time in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was that decision that you, because that was a hard decision. It I was. remember. It was. How did you make that decision to go to the NFL? I'm at the CFL, sorry. Well, for one, I had to drop my pride. I had to drop I had to drop that dream of you know I needed to play football. Right. I, you know what I'm saying? I wanted to stay active and I was just leaving I had just got released from Carolina. Right. You know, I was I was playing my best ball during that time. I was I was really good during that time. I was going up against some of the best in practice. I was doing my thing. Luke Geekly, mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey and all of them, Greg Olson. Cam Newton, T. Smith, like I was around some some great energy, man, and people that, like I said, like I look at it, man, it's a lesson, man. I, I th- those moments and those people helped change my life, and you know I look back at it now, like man, did I I got cut, and I'm I was supposed to be on this journey, Facts. you know, this journey of motivation, and you know that's I am I am a I am a symbol of that, and you know I've honed it all in, I've honed it all in. And what I did was I put my pride aside, and I was just like, you know what? I want to play ball. Right. And it was hard because, I, you know, you don't grow up dreaming about playing in the CFL. Mm-hmm. You grow up dreaming about playing in the NFL, you know. And um, when I made that decision to go to Winnipeg, you know, Ryan McMahon was one of the people who played a big role in, in getting me there. Um, he would – yo, after every time I got cut in the NFL, I would get a text. Yo, what's up? Because at one point I went to BC Lions for about two weeks. Yeah. That's a whole nother story. Whole nother story right. You know what I'm saying? And I left there, blah, blah, blah. I went back, I went back to the league. I was in Jacksonville for a whole year, blah, 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 whatever. But um he would hit me up all the time. And then one time he hit me up, I had just got released from Jackson from uh from from Carolina. And I was just like, you know what? Let's do it. Yeah. So I told my agent, got on the phone with him, and you know he was, you know he was hitting me up, trying to you know ask me, you know what I wanted to do, and I was like, let's do it. And they had like a little mini camp that I had went to because they just wanted to see me, and I went to it down in Florida, and I never looked back. Mm-hmm. I went there to that workout, and I killed it. Like I never waggled in my life. I never. You know what I'm saying? I never did some of those things in my life. I sat in those little offices and, you know what I'm saying, like when I was – because we, we did it at IMG Academy down there. Nice. Nice. I heard that. And uh, went down there and um, and 
bro, I had a great showing. You can look, bro, like it's crazy. You can go back and find interviews from Coach O'Shea and the GMs talking about, I think we found us one. <laughs> right, you know what I'm right, saying? Right. And, you know, and that's when I took my talents up to, to Winnipeg. And I can honestly say, man, it was the best decision of my life. Wow. And can you talk about why is that the best decision in your life? Like, what what type of things have you learned there that you didn't learn in the NFL? Well, I had to adjust my dream. Right. For one. Because people, sorry not to cut you off, because people think the CFL is sweet. Is sweet. And yeah. I was there, bro. Yeah. So I know, like, the this is football. No, yeah. So, like, people, I think, got a misunderstanding of that going to the CFL isn't like football. And yeah. these athletes aren't at the top of their craft. No, nah, yeah. You know what I mean? And nah, yeah. these dudes can ball. No, nah, for I was real. There, so like nah, can yeah. you just speak on that a little so, bit. So I mean like listen, man, the CFL is the second best league outside of the NFL. It's the right. most established league outside of the NFL. So like that's the second best. Right. So for me, like it like I never like I said, it was like sometimes you do gotta go back and you gotta rebirth certain certain things, certain feelings. Right. Remember, I went to a Division three school. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, so right. for me, I had to rebirth what I went through before. Mm. So, like when I tell you, when I talk about being a cheerleader, being a certain kind of way, having to adjust my mindset and know that this is a real league and understand that these ain't no scrubs. Right. It's the same lesson. Ah. If you go back when I was in Division three football, when you go back, you can see the translation of what. God was setting up for me to understand and where I was trying to go. And that's where I say I was meant to be on this journey. I was meant to be on this journey because I learned this lesson already. Right. And what people need to realize is that you will already have learned the lesson. But it's up to you to figure out how you can use that lesson on how you handled it before yeah. and rebirth it in the new lesson. I like that. I'm telling you. So, like, for me, it was just like when I got to the CFL, I didn't think that. I didn't think. It wasn't. I ain't take it as no scrub league. I went in there thinking that, all right, okay, I'm I'm one of the best though. Right. Don't get me wrong. I still had that mentality like, let's go. Right. Whoever in front of me, I'm I'm winning. Mm -hmm. Like that's the type of mentality that I got. I'm I'm winning every time. Right. Um, and I got faith in myself. So like for me, I'm I'm coming up there and I'm at the end of the day when we talk about pro sports, yeah. we talk about being a pro athlete. Yeah. At the end of the day, you come in to take somebody's job. Facts. Like that's not. Like when, when when kids say, "Oh, I want uh, I want to be a pro athlete," you know, I want to I want to go and be a pro. Well, let me just tell you something, bro. When you sign up for this job, it's long hours. It's a lot of stuff that you got to do. You got to put your, you got to put yourself in position. You got to stay away from the drama. You got to put yourself in a place where I want to be the best. And you can't just talk about it. You got to live it. And I'm one of those people who put myself in position and I live every second of it. You know what I'm saying? I put myself in a place where if I want to be great, I need to be waking up doing this. I need to be working out all the time. I need to be doing, like when I was getting cut, I was still working. You know what I'm saying? I was still keeping my grind to get to, to where I was trying to go. It was times where I was coaching for a full-blown year. I had just got released from, from, a, from a team in the NFL, and I went and I was coaching receivers at Val, but I was still working. Working. We had just lost the playoffs. We was in the playoffs, and we was in the second round of the playoffs. I was still working. I'm talking about pregame, getting ready for the game that the kids is playing in. Yeah. I'm on the field catching passes on the sideline. One, two. One, two. Yeah. I'm still grinding. It's crazy. We had just lost, and in my heart and in my head, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. 
two days, two days later, Carolina called. Ring, ring, ring. The agent on the phone talking about something. Yo, Jacksonville, I mean, uh, Carolina want to work you out. I paused for a second. I looked down at myself. I looked up. You ready? Let's ready. go. Yeah, because you stayed ready because you stayed, ain't had to get ready. I ain't had to get ready, bro. Right. So, like, when they talk about Canada, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a bunch of dogs up there. It's a bunch of ball players, you know, and, and for me, you know, it was a lesson that I had to learn, too. I had to wait my turn. I had to wait my turn. Like I, it was like it was like reliving Delval over all over again, mm-hmm. where I had to be on the sideline cheering. Right. I had to put my pride and my ego aside. That's one of the biggest things that Coach O'Shea teaches us up there. He say, "Drop your ego at the door." That's the one thing that helps shape and mold me into the uh, to become a better leader, a better athlete, a better player. Is dropping that ego at the door. Right. See, a lot of people don't know how to do that. Nah, they don't. When we talk about ego and pride, that's personal gain. That's things that have to do with you that you got to put aside because you're on a team. And he always would break it down like this. You come in here with all these goals. You write down in your goals, I want to be a thousand-yard receiver. I want to have 20, I want to have 80 catches. I want to have all of this. But when we talk about a team sport, it takes everybody. And you can't throw the ball to yourself. So, you know, like one of the things that I've learned, I've learned so much by being up there in that league. In the first year I was up there, we won a championship. And I think that's what made me fall in love with the league. Yeah. Is that when I seen that diamond ring dancing on my finger like the way it is yeah. and being a part of something that was so special and I had to scrape and claw my way to get in that. I remember when I got my first start in Winnipeg. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a it was a it was a working progress. Even when you get to where you're trying to go, you still gotta put more in. 100%. And I think that's the thing too that people need to realize that even when you're chasing your dream, you still got to put work in when you get there. It's never going to stop. So, you know, um, I'm still here, man. Yeah, that's love, bro. Um, just a couple more questions, bro. And I know uh, you still got years left, but I always wanted to know this from you. When it's all said and done, bro, mm-hmm. what do you want to be remembered as? Hmm. I think my biggest thing is respect. This past year, I did something that is not, you know, really common. You know, a lot of people, you know, take pay cuts and you know do a lot of different things. But my situation was, a, you know, a little different this year. You know, and you know, it's kind of hard to talk about, you know, because we didn't get the ultimate goal. But I made a sacrifice that, you know, when it came down to money, you know, I did that. Um, I want to be known as the player who, who gave everything that he had. A person that would do anything to make the other people around better. To have respect. You know, and not about how much money I made, but but how many people did I affect along the way? Mm-hmm. Because I think God puts people in position. And I realize that more and more every time I play this game, it's not about me. Right. It's about the people that I love. It's about the people that I do it for, man, and I think that I want to be known for that. How many people did I bring along with me mm. along this journey, man? And how many times did I say their names? You know what I'm saying? And, and I think that's important to me, bro, because I didn't get here by myself. Right. And it means a lot to me knowing that I wear the last name that I wear on my last name, and 
And I gave everything that I had, man. And it shows. When you turn the tape on, you're going to see Rasheed Bailey. Not only is he catching the ball, but I want you to see what he does without the ball. And I give everything I got, bro. Love that, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, like, like I told you, man, I, like football saved my life, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, bro, I could be dead. Right. I could be in a place where you know, hooked on drugs or selling dope or whatever, whatever the, the stigma is on, on athletes or whatever or people that grow up where I'm from. I'm still here, bro. Mm. I want to be known for the person who never gave up, the person who persevered through all the times that it looked like it was over for him. You know how many times where it looked like it was over? You know what I'm saying? And I chose and I chose the path of resistance, man. And I'm still here. Still here. Still going. So for me, my legacy, man, I want that to be, I want to hold that. I want people to say when they when they hear Rasheed Bailey's name, they gonna know I gave everything I had. And they respect me for who I was and what I did and what I contributed to. Love that, bro. Love that. And I'm a testament to that, man. Uh Watching you for the last, you know, six years, it was never a dumb moment where I thought you was going to stop. I mean, you could have stopped plenty of times. You could have quit, and you never did. And, um, again, you make me a better person, bro. You make me a better trainer, and I appreciate you. And I'm going to just ask you one more question because you know I work with a lot of young athletes, and I and I just want to give them some advice, bro, from you. And if you got one thing that you can leave – these young athletes, whether they're in high school, middle school, college, about, you know, you're going in year nine. Yeah. Being a professional for nine years yeah. or even getting to that next level, and you probably said it multiple times in this interview, yeah. what would it be? Man, you got me over here tearing up, bro, because, like, my message, if I'm talking to a kid, trust your process um I really never gave up bro and for me it's just like everything I ever do is for the people behind me and if you ever need some motivation go look at my story go do the groundwork Mm -hmm. go look at every detail on how many times where I should have gave up on how many times where I could have thrown the towel in for me you got to keep going. You got to trust you. You got to just trust it. Keep the faith. Put God first. Because I'm nothing without that. And to me, it's just like, I wish I had a, a, a person that can tell me that I'm good enough. Well, I'm telling you right now, you're good enough, bro. Little sis, you're good enough. That scholarship that you're trying to get to, you can have it. But you got to believe in yourself. Because mommy and daddy ain't going to want it for you. Your uncle Ray Ray and all of them, they ain't going to want it for you. They love you and they want the best for you. But you got to want it for yourself. And for me, yeah, I fought to be here. It was my survival. It was everything that I needed to do to to make it. Um, but you, you can be exactly who you want to be. You gotta persevere. You gotta fight through all the lessons, and take everything with a grain of salt. 
and always take the positive out of every situation. And you're going to be the best version of you. Love, man, love. We appreciate you, Showtime. Another episode. Uh, we hope you guys have a great holiday. With yeah. Your yeah. Stay tuned. Yeah. Big things coming 2024. Yeah. More energy. More energy, More man. More interviews. More interviews. Everything. Everything, man. I just want to thank everybody, man. I just want everybody to have a great, great Christmas. You know, we love y'all. We thank y'all. And that's what I always say, man. Continue to walk on this journey. Continue to be with us. Continue to walk with us. You already know. Showtime speaks. <laughs>